0: About them Irish. I can't take it anymore. I need a national championship. This
1: is the Four Horsemen Podcast. And We are back for a low-energy, low-T recap of the weekend that was. This is the Four Horsemen podcast, with only two of the horsemen today. Uh, It's me, P-Wagon, and I'm joined by Steve. Dylan is over in the Emerald Isle, uh, reporting live from where our ancestors uh, are from.
0: Steve, how are you? I'm okay. Things could certainly be better. Things could also be significantly worse. So, uh, all things considered, you know, we're we're here for another episode. We didn't get the result that we were looking for in the game, but all you can do is just hop right back on the wagon and, and try once again. So, that's where I stand. How about yourself?
1: It's the most frustrating thing in the world because I told my wife there was four ways that the game could go.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, It could have been a horrific blowout. It could have been a wonderful blowout for us. Uh, it could have been that Notre Dame drives down the field uh, and wins on the last second field roll, which would have been wonderful for us. Or it could have ended just how it ended, where we were dangled along for three quarters. Hope was there and hope's the most dangerous drug in the world uh, because it makes you believe. <laughs>
0: and, and then you get choked out.
1: And then they drive the ball 95 yards down the field and take off seven minutes of the clock. And your offense is impotent in the whole second half. Uh, so I'm not sad. I'm not mad. I'm, I'm frustrated. I, I think like, I don't know. I've been on the receiving end of this as a fan and as a coach. And you, you just feel like like the best way to describe it is Just like, what the fuck? You know, I I wish I had more poignant words to say about this, but it's just a loss that that hurts. So that that moment of silence there was for a undefeated season. Uh, but we can go 13 and one. We will go 13 and one. And we'll be having a, a podcast on January 10th uh, celebrating the national championship. So, really, today's agenda, we're going to hit the hurry up offense. I, I have a little bit of stuff that I want to say. Uh, we'll do a recap of the game, uh, we'll go over Marshall. Uh, we have a quick uh, sentence or two from Dylan, uh, and then we'll do our pits of the week. So that that's where we're at. So before we get into Steve and mine's unfiltered uh, opinions about the weekend, we're going to start with Dylan. Dylan is again over in the Emerald Isle. Uh, I will try to read this in my best Canadian. My thoughts. We had a chance to win that game. This is a moral victory. Just like Georgia twice. We need to start winning these games. Agreed. Steve, do you agree? Agreed. Two, Freeman did an excellent job getting the team ready. Reese's play calling in the second half was disappointing. Agreed. Three. Agreed. Our punter was excellent, but theirs was a bit better, and it was a big factor in the outcome. I disagree here.
0: I wasn't paying much to the Ohio State punter, uh, but John Sott did have a great game. His first punt was less than elite, but after that, he really settled in.
1: So the the thing about that, the thing about Sott, and we don't give out horsemen for losses, but the thing about John Sott, he was like a sniper out there. Like He was methodical in where he wanted to put the ball. He proved he had a big leg. Uh, If anything, their kicker was better than ours, but it wasn't turbo foot kicking. Uh, he hurt his groin before the game, so we had Yoakum out there, a walk on kicker. Uh, so really, I think John Sott wins the punting game. Blake Ruby wins the kicking game, having four points, which was you know, 40% of our points. Uh, and their their kick-off starter wins that. So we're two out of three in special teams right there, and I think Sott's going to be a weapon uh, throughout the rest of the year.
0: Agreed. Now on to Dylan's fourth point. If we run the table, we're in. But let's just
1: take it one game at a time and enjoy the Freeman process unfold.
0: 2023
1: onwards will be our championship window. Mostly agree. Uh, Yeah, I'm 50-50 on that. Butner was really good. They need to open up the offense up more. The offensive line struggled and it hurt us. Patterson was missed. Agreed. Very largely agree. We beat Marshall by forty plus at lock him
0: in at fifty five to nothing.
1: And finally, Ireland is nice, and I'm having a good time so far. Already met N d people, and we have a pub to go to for games. The pub is called Kennedy's. Shout out Kennedys.
0: So yeah, our uh, our baby boy is finishing up his th- third and final year of law school again, out in. Uh, out in Dublin, I believe. so uh, good good for dylan and and Dylan as you're listening. Um, you know, thanks for sending in the thoughts. I know this is obviously a less than thrilling uh, you know week to be to be sending in any sort of thoughts. But by and large, he's uh, he's mostly correct in a lot of his points, and, and I think there could be some good uh, back and forth debate uh, otherwise with with some points that you or I might have disagreed with uh, you know here or there. But by and large, you know Dylan, per usual is on on, uh, Pretty much right on target. Um, You're going to have your takes. I'm going to have my takes. But first, uh, I think that we should do something that Notre Dame was completely incapable of doing on Saturday, which is let's have a hurry up offense and get into the end zone here. What do you think, pal? I love it. And
1: uh, mine is pretty poignant. Uh, So (laughs) no one gatekeeps Notre Dame football like notre dame football fans they're some of the just the best people on the planet and the worst people on the planet at the same time like if you have a different opinion than our group of humans on notre dame twitter you would act like they they think you're like just this not up to their standard like it, it just after the game on saturday there was discourse and a lot of the discourse was around, you know, firing Tommy Reese after a game. I dissented with that, and my mentions were on fire. A lot of the discourse was around how Freeman hasn't had his team play a full game uh, in two games that he's coached, and I saw someone who said that, that Brian Kelly had teams who did that, and just the the groupthink mentality of attacking other people for having a different opinion. Uh, it's just ridiculous. Like Notre Dame fans, I call you chicken littles when you think the sky is falling. But right now you're just being assholes like we lost a game. Yeah, it sucks. I was really frustrated about it. But don't attack someone for having a goddamn opinion. That's all.
0: Yeah, there's definitely room for dissent and and the natural thing that we've been uh, all been conditioned towards is to uh, to be negative and pessimistic. And the sky is falling because, you know, for a long time it was, but you know, this isn't 2005 anymore. This isn't okay. You have one chance at a good season and then, you know, everything else is gone. I mean, we're five years into, you know, 10 win seasons every single year, playoff appearances, new year, six uh, appearances. We we're like, we're not even at, where we like the, the journey to being all the way back yet, we're still in the rebuild and, and we're getting there. So, um, I can understand how some people might, you know, and I used to be one of them and, and sometimes they still can be, you know, negative Nancy, but on the flip side of that, it's also, it's okay to show a little bit of hope and it's okay for people not to, uh, inherently become extremely negative. So that's my agreement with you on that end.
1: Yeah, and <clears throat> Now, uh, before we get into yours, just, just to make a point yeah. of bundling clear, have your opinions. Do whatever you want with your opinions. And, but the, the thing after games of just infighting and arguing with people, it makes no sense. The game ended at 1130. I was up till 230 uh, in the morning just reading Twitter. I, I went on a little tweet and rampage, but people were in people's mentions, Matt Salerno's mentions, like... These people that wear the blue and gold, that wear the helmet, that wear the headset on Saturdays, they're also people. Hard to believe, but they're people, too, and they have feelings, too. They're not just robots out there. So just chill the fuck out. That, that, that's my, my end point. There's my field goal. Just chill out. Like Be nice to people.
0: Fair enough. I, uh, I wholeheartedly agree agree with you, buddy. Uh, and now, for my thirty seconds uh, of the hurry up offense, and and ultimately, I think you know we'll we'll open up to discussion after because I think it leads into a broader point. But on the clock now, We just, we, as a program, it has to get to the next level and, and we've, we've now seen and we've gotten a taste of it. We've gotten the taste in this game being down, you know, being up at halftime, being down by only, you know, four points into the fourth quarter with it absolutely control of that game at certain points. And it felt like we legitimately had a chance to win it. This was a game where we were touted as, you know, lucky to, if we stayed within 21 points of them and we were right there. We were right there. So the frustrating thing to me and what's driving me insane is I still think that just because of the past, we inherently as a program are starting to play scared or not being able to get up to the challenge. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then it's quicksand. And that's what's frustrating. And, and I really do think that we start need to start – Having the uh, the attitude of winners and champions and and be like the 1980s you who were just like, you know what? We're going to go out here and we're going to kick the shit out of you and we're going to have a smile on our face doing it. Because right now we absolutely lack that killer instinct.
1: Yeah, I mean, you saw it on the defense. And I think a lot of it has to do with Al Golden uh, just having the NFL mentality. the The defense was flying out there and outside of one cover zero double safety blitz against a presumptive top five NFL quarterback. The defense played well, and JSM being out hurt them, helped us, mm-hmm. but the boys were flying around out there. Bo Bauer made a play, I think it was at the, either the middle of the field or the left hash, and he made a play on the right hash, and he made the tackle. Like He, he was playing with his hair on fire, and you didn't see a Notre Dame team who looked scared to be in the horseshoe. You you saw a team that knew that they deserved to be there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're, they're, you are correct. Al Golden and, and Marcus, because we know he's at the helm and he's very defensive minded. I mean, they had this team ready on the defensive side of the football. If you would have told me we would have only given up 21 points exactly a week ago, I would have laughed in your face and said, okay, how much would Notre Dame have won by? Right. So that's that's how mo- how monumental of a task and how impressive it was to only hold in the 21. And and that it basically they effectively went scoreless in, you know, in, in the third quarter, with the exception of finally knocking it in with like 30 seconds left. Right. So it, it's that was such an incredible performance. And, like you know, this game, seven minutes left in the third is when Michael Mayer, had that catch and run on third down. Uh, it was a 17-yard reception. You know, he fumbled it, but then he got it back and, and everything. That was a big third down that we converted. But then, you know, and that's the only time in this game that Notre Dame, from a, from a probability standpoint, was actually favored to win. That's when it flipped over to 51.4% chance of Notre Dame winning. Like, there was a legitimate chance at that point. Uh, and, well, we were, I think we were up 10-7. Yeah. Yep. And then the next three plays, Buckner sacks for a yard loss. Then on second and 11, they run Tyree. He runs at three yards and then now you have third and eight Buckner has to drop back and it's incomplete and you're on your own 35 y- yard line. So then you're forced to punt and then they punt and then OSU takes over at their own 30 marches, 70 yards. And then they go up, you know, they, they score and they go up 14 to 10. And it's like, maybe don't run the ball on second down and 11. Maybe don't have Buckner drop back to pass on first down to the point where he can get sacked or do something unique. Like set him, set him up for success because why do you have a guy on his own 35 yard line facing third down and eight, trying to make a play to, to, to extend a lead? You're not setting him up for success. And because of that, we lost the field position game and because we lost the field position game, we lost the actual game. So, so it's just, we were right there, man. It was so close for the taking. I don't know. But yeah, it just, I, I, my mind's going in a million different directions thinking about, you know, one play or two plays or three different plays that could have won this game or, or had a different outcome. And, and unfortunately I mean with the exception of the cover 0 double blitz which was basically inexcusable from an otherwise perfect defensive game I don't know the the coaching staff very very good but not great. Oh, what what are your thoughts? What do you see in here? If you just look at the
1: data we went over the score we we went over all of that. You you have to look at The fact that there was no turnovers, there was a fumble, but not a turnover. Uh, But Notre Dame had five penalties to Ohio State's seven. So if you start moving the numbers down, Ohio State should have had 15 penalties. And that's the change of the game there. There was not, there may have been one holding call the entire night. But what I really want to focus on is that after those couple big plays by Ohio State that should have been reviewed, the tackle false started each of those times. I don't want to speculate, but if it looks like a duck and quads like a duck, it's a Buckeye jumping off sides so they can't review the play. Hmm. All right. So those little game of inches type of things changes the entire game there. The positives, you know, the game plan overall, I like running the ball. Probably shouldn't have run it as much as we did. Two and a half yards per carry uh, is not good. Three sats allowed is also not good. Uh, our pass rush was abysmal. Probably because of the holdings there. Uh, but really, if you look at Buckner in the first half, 8 for 8, 128 yards and 22 rushing yards. Uh, that looked good. SMA in the I formation.
0: The fullback uh, dive was immaculate, man. Uh, have
1: fun, have fun running, uh, playing against that all year. Like, just overall... There's a lot of good to take away from this. Uh Tariq Bracey, Clarence Lewis, Benjamin Morrison all look good. Jaden Mickey played with his hair on
0: fire. Like the corners were fantastic. The secondary was fantastic. It was it's incredible how it one one bad play, Lorenzo style
1: 54-yard reception for the, the first pass of the game. Salerno's circuits catch that Chris Fowler thought was an interception because he's an asshole. Like hmm. <laughs> there's there's so much good. Tommy Reese needs to get better. I don't know if he's turtling. I don't know what's happening there, but he will. He he will get better. Uh, we've been outscored 37-7 to in the second half since the Fiesta Bowl on Saturday. Uh, that's not good. Uh, so it, it, there, there's just a lot. I think defensively, Howard Cross looks great. Chris Smith is a load
0: of a human. Uh, so that that's that's where we're at there. Well, I can't understand is they ran this ball 30 times in the game and Chris Tyree only got six of those carries when he yeah. was your running back averaging the most, which was 4.7 yards per carry. And obviously, I just talked about that you know—that three-yard rush or a couple-yard rush on, on second and 11. That shouldn't have happened. But even if that was on first down and 10, then it's second and seven. It's kind of a, just a different look, all, all things considered. They're also the number I, two team in the country.
1: Like, yeah. let's call a spade a spade. There, someone like, oh, and, and what? And Ohio you
0: State. Read? You have to give Ohio State credit. I mean, we thought that we were going to dominate their trenches, and in a way, they they kind of dominated ours. Like, they they their offensive line was way more impressive than anticipated, and uh, you know, because we our defensive line just simply wasn't getting there. We we were not. They were doing our defensive line was doing a good job at not giving up a massive play, but they weren't making the superstar plays necessary in order to be a playoff contender. We should have had at least two more sacks in that game. We just simply didn't get them. And that it changes the whole complexion. Um, but yeah, I mean, just Chris Tyree, only six carries is crazy to me. And and just a, a point that I wanted to get before I throw it back to you. If you are... Admittedly weak or thin at the wide receiver position, and you have Chris Tyree who runs a four three forty in pads, and you want Estime to be in the game or Logan Diggs, and if you're trying to get some offense, like why would you? You can put Diggs, Estime, and and Tyree on the field all at the same time. Yep. Like you, you come up with unique packages, get the ball into the hands of guys that have speed. You have. Braden Lindsay and and Chris Tyree on this offense with Tyler Buckner speed and you're just not utilizing it enough. So so yeah, I mean that statistic about being massively out uh, outgained and outscored in the second halves of, of the last two games we played. I don't know. I, I, I want to give Tommy a pretty long leash because I think he deserves it. But if if he's not going to see this and come out firing, it's like we can't. We can't play scared against big teams anymore. Got to take some chances. And for the chances that we did take the Salerno catch, even the Braden Lindsay catch down the sideline, Buckner's not afraid to push this thing down the field. And you have an elite athlete with a great arm, utilize it. You know, it's like, we're, we're afraid to be an incredible offense, which I don't know that that's, it's just, it's very perplexing to me. And uh, I'll let you wrap up the final thoughts on Ohio state. We've talked about it quite frankly, way too much at this point. And I just want to get over that completely dog shit state and program.
1: It, it just overall, you need to put your best guys on the field wherever you can. put put Lindsay at slot, put uh, Tyree at slot. like mix it up. get fast guys on the field. Uh, you know, on the first play of the game, Mayor whiffed on his block on the man online. line, uh, but he made up for it. So, Maybe put, you know, David Sherwood in there. Do, do different things that teams aren't expecting. Get the, I want to establish a run. You don't want to establish a run. We'll see what happens there. At the end of the day, you have to put the best players on the field. The Nets tough game is going to be UNC with Drake May. That's only going to be tough because of his offense. Their defense should be a shell of themselves, and Buckner shouldn't run all over them just like App State did. So overall, so glad we're done with Ohio. I don't want to talk about the state again until January 9th, when we're beating them to win a national title. Uh, I have nothing else to say. We're we're on to Marshall.
0: Agreed. Let's uh let's get on to the Thundering Herd, I suppose they're called. Uh, uh, f- they're what are they, a Mac team these days? AAC. <clears throat> well,
1: the Marshall Thundering Herd from Huntington, West Virginia. Established in 1837, is actually a Sun Belt team. The Sun Belt team. Belt, yes, indeed. First time playing Notre Dame. Uh, their most notable alumni, Mike Day and Tony, he's an NBA coach. Uh, Billy Crystal, who did not graduate from there. Michael W. Smith, uh, also did not graduate there. Uh, and Randy Moss, who should have been at Notre Dame. And Byron Lethwich, sure. <laughs> their head coach. Is Charles Huff? He is a Saban assistant. Uh, he is was seven and six last year, second year as a head coach. He's coached at Alabama, Mississippi State, and Penn State. Uh, really, Marco Bellanelli also uh, was from. No, he was not. My notes were wrong there. Uh, carry on. Uh, they've never played Notre Dame before. Like I said, new opponent. Uh, they've never beaten the Ashland YMCA or Ironton YMCA or the Charleston YMCA. So they're, they've lost three games to YMCA uh, teams, but really they looked good last weekend. I watched the game because I'm sick in the head. Uh, they played Norfolk state an FCS program. They won 55 to three. Uh, they were up 38, nothing at halftime and they ran for 380 yards and seven and a half yards per carry, which I'm pretty sure you could do as well against Norfolk state. Uh,
0: Oh. And it, basically exactly those statistics, the 300 some odd yards rushing and then also the 55 to three with blowing them out. Thirty eight nothing at halftime. That's effectively a carbon copy blueprint of exactly what I anticipate Notre Dame is going to do to Marshall. Uh, we know that Notre Dame is going to win. We know that they're going to blow the doors off them. Uh, not to get way too far out ahead of our skis. Um, uh, We're gonna get in. uh, We can just throw in your prediction really quickly, but then after your prediction, what I want to hear from you more interestingly because this is obviously just kind of a throwaway game. But what do you want to see? What is it that you want to see in terms of formations, play calling, uh, you know, personnel on the fields, you know, even just an attitude or anything? What is it that you want to see from this Notre Dame program as they go into? Uh, home this upcoming Saturday in South Bend, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, to presumably dis- absolutely blow the doors off of the, the thundering herd of Marshall. What do you want to see?
1: Sure. So they do have Columbia uh, as a quarterback, Henry Columbia, from Utah State and Texas Tech. Uh, he is a good quarterback, won't be good enough for Notre Dame. Notre Dame wins this game 73 nothing. Uh, I want points, but I really want to see a run game. I I want to see uh, them to have Estime run for 100-something yards, Tyree to run 100-something yards. And I I want Foskey to have four sets in the game. Uh, I do not want to see Pine in this game. This is a confidence builder for Buckner. You have to make sure that Buckner feels confident play the young guys you know play merriweather raritan stays watts all all of them let them play in the third and fourth quarter give them some run let them shine let them build confidence i want this game to be a confidence building game i want us to use our size our fucking power five size to run the ball down the throat I want every goddamn student doing push-ups to have a pump at the end of the game so they can go to the linebacker after and crush Long Island iced teas. I want Notre Dame to finish a fucking game. Bury them. Don't let them stay in the game like last year against Toledo. Bury them in the first quarter. Bury them deeper in the second. And then bury them the deepest in the third and the fourth.
0: Agreed. And and just kind of the, with that Toledo reference, I think one of the issues with last year uh, was the offensive line that wouldn't really allow for us to come out of the gates and score a lot. Like there was a lot of feeling out the other teams that uh, were defense more accurately before we could finally get into the end zone. So we never got up big enough to kind of run away with the game. That's obviously, you know, just pivoting here. That's that's one of the keys to the game that I want to see is, yes, this has to be a be up by five touchdowns by halftime or else this is considered a failure. Yeah, you know, get off to a hot start. Let Buckner ball out. This is a kid that had sixty one hundred yards his sophomore year of high school. He led the country as as a true sophomore. And now obviously he lost out in his junior and senior season. So there's some rust that had to get shaken off in his first college start. He played Pretty damn well, all things considered. But they have to absolutely dominate the trenches. We cannot allow a single sack. And it's not just that I want us to run the ball down their throat. I want to average over seven yards per carry. It is no longer very good. We have to be demoralizing. Because if you don't get to that as a program you do not hold a national championship trophy. So yeah, the, the loss left. Get back. Unfortunately, we can't. I would tell everyone don't panic because we still have a path to the playoff. There's realistically only three teams that are have potential to go 12-0, and 0, and all three of them are at the top, uh, ranked 1, 2, and 3. I don't think anyone ranked 4 or lower is going to go 12-0. and 0. So Notre Dame still has a chance to get in at eleven and one. We still have playoff hopes. It's okay, but and another thing that I want to see is I want to see multiple running back sets. We need to find ways to get Estime and Tyree and Diggs on the field all at the same time. Yep. So uh, defensively, just turnovers. We you know, we did not have any turnovers on offense, which was good against Ohio State, but we didn't create any turnovers. So I want to see defensive backs, if they do give up a catch, which they shouldn't against Marshall, you need to punch the ball out. And
1: we need to were, have tipped passes at the line
0: at of scrimmage. But I'm sorry?
1: They were trying that against Ohio State. They They just couldn't get the ball out.
0: But they couldn't. That's the point. So yeah. So now I want to see them actu- actually execute. They were attempting to, but we need to see turnovers. We need to see the defensive line tipping the ball at the line of scrimmage, getting that ball straight up in the air for Bo Bauer to make an interception. You know, it, it's 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 one thing to be dominant against them. It's it's another to embarrass them. And I think that's the uh, the precipice of where we're at is to get to that level. And I think that level is ultimately what it takes to win playoff games. So those are the things that I would like to see. Obviously everyone wants to see just, you know, specifically I want to see seven yards per carry. I want to see pulling guards that open up these massive gaping holes. I want to see multiple running back sets and I, and have the chance to really see this athleticism of Buckner. And if Buckner plays the first drive, maybe first two drives of the second half, and then you let drew pine come in, that's fine with me because by that point it should be 45, nothing. So just dominate, blow the doors off of them, and Tommy Reese. If ever there was an opportunity to show that you can open up a playbook and have some fun, now's your chance, man. Now's your chance because you got to get these guys to buy in early in order for them to to be engaged all year long to to bring home that eleven and zero or eleven and one. So give me um,
1: Steve Vendelli in the
0: fourth quarter. Steve Jelly, yeah, would love to see him in this game. That's another want. That's what I want to see. So uh, great point there, Mister Wagon. So I've pretty much exhausted everything I want to say about that stupid state of Ohio and its programs within. I've pretty much exhausted talking about this horrific, terrible, stupid Sunbelt team that we're going to blow the doors off of. Is there anything else concerning the state of Notre Dame football that we want to address uh, this week, Mr. Wagon? I'll leave the floor to you and your thoughts.
1: Yeah, just real quick. it's the uh, There is a concern with McPherson and his groin, uh, so special teams-wise. He's not getting the start this week. Yoakum uh, is starting there. Yoakum was serviceable against Ohio State, uh, so I'm a little bit concerned about that. Uh, the only other concern uh, that I do have uh, is that the the fans this week are going to be ignorant uh, about Marshall. I like Marshall as a program. Uh, I just don't make any plane crash jokes. Like, just don't, just don't do it. Uh, you probably, if you stop listening by now, you can turn off the podcast after this for all I care, just be respectful. That's all I'm looking for. I'm seeing an overwhelming, um, maybe it was because it was Ohio state. I don't think they're going to be like that. Yes. Marshall just be respectful and, and people don't listen to us. you know, we're, we're just yelling into a a empty room at this point, but just, if you think you're going to make a funny joke, don't do it.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Uh, we, we should beat the, you know, the doors off them, but we should do it with class.
1: Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't mind the celebration
0: penalty though. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right. I mean, that pretty much wraps it up uh, again. This was a little bit on the lower energy side of things. We understand that entirely. Uh, that's just the combination of a, uh, a less than thrilling loss. And then also Dylan, uh, is, didn't have an opportunity, but we're going to try to incorporate Dylan a little bit more, uh, throughout the season. We're going to get way more into, you know, our normal segments going over EPA uh, and and the advanced analytics. We're going to go over stats a little bit more. We're going to have our four horsemen going forward. This was kind of just, uh, you know, just felt it was something that we just needed to get through uh, was the game. And then just the podcast, we just kind of need to advance and move this ball forward uh, as as a program, uh, you know, talking about Notre Dame football and then as a program. Uh, the podcast, so, uh,
1: we will never you- miss a week. That's our promise to you. Uh, but real quick, final thing. I don't know who won last week because I don't keep stats. Uh, we're going to go through our games of the week. Oh yeah. We got to do and our picks.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So real quick, we're going to fire this real, real fast. Like, uh, Bama, Texas, Bama is a 20 point favorite at, uh, at the time of this recording.
0: <laughs> well, Bama is going to blow them out, but, I'm um, I'm going to be heavily rooting for Texas. Uh everyone
1: is on Bama. Dylan is also on Bama. Uh we have Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Uh
0: Tennessee is a little bit too fun, and they're at home, so I'm riding with them. So is our colleague Dylan.
1: I will take Pitt only because of the close personal connection I have to Pittsburgh. Huh. Uh Kentucky, Florida. That's a joke for any of my friends listening to this.
0: Uh Kentucky, <laughs> Florida. Uh both myself and Dylan are once again uh, in agreement, and we're choosing Florida. I think, uh, yeah, I think they got a little bit of spice down there.
1: Yeah, a trap game here, Kentucky. Give me the Wildcats all day.
0: Uh, then we have the lowly
1: state of California, Southern Cal, Stanford.
0: Would be hilarious to see Stanford win. I just don't see that how they're going to. They uh, they really need to, to tear it down and build it back up. So riding with USC and so is Dylan.
1: Uh, I am as well,
0: but it pains me.
1: I put Iowa, Iowa state on here, but we're all in Iowa. Uh, but we shifted that to Baylor BYU. Uh, what, what you got for Baylor BYU?
0: Um, you know what? I think that I, don't know, I think very highly of Baylor, but I also think that BYU, you know, they, I think they lost last year, 38, 24 in this game. Um, I think BYU has a little bit better of an opportunity this year. So I'm going to ride with BYU. So is Dylan. He's going to take the, uh, the Cougs. How about yourself?
1: I'll take BYU only because it will help Notre Dame strength the schedule. Uh, so as a company person, uh, that, that's my uh, stance there. I am on record saying I don't care about this game whatsoever. Uh, actually, probably I care negative amounts about this game. Uh, it doesn't move the needle at all for me. Ah, uh, so, uh, yeah, that that's where I'm at with that, and that that's just me being honest. Like, you had to tell me that Baylor and BYU were playing, and surprised me.
0: Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really care about either of those programs in particular, but I do think that Baylor uh, does have outside playoff, you know, implications, and obviously BYU is relevant to us. Um, I think that would wrap it up. We again, we don't know the records of last week. Everyone, thank you so much for uh, for listening and continuing to engage with us. You know, we uh, we create content, we tweet a lot. You know, we try to be as engaging as possible on Twitter. We're working on the Instagram, little by little. The more followers we get, the more we'll post. I promise you that. Um, and and yeah, just continue to like, share, comment, uh, and if you could subscribe and and throw in a five star review, that would uh, that would help us massively. Which again, we appreciate all of uh, our diehards. So from the four horsemen out to you guys, less than ideal, but hey, you know what? the The road is still ahead of us that we gotta travel our path, and and we can get this done. We just gotta just gotta stay the course and stay faithful. Um, go Irish. Those are my closing thoughts. Wagon, see us out. Yeah,
1: be nice to everyone. Uh, don't fight with each other, win or loss. Uh, the herd's coming to town. Mass is at the basilica. Everything is right in the world. And uh, we're going to beat the Herd by 70. So go Irish, beat Marshall.